0: Hey everyone, this is Satyutabhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at Mercury's upcoming opposition to Jupiter. Mercury is in the sign of Libra, making an opposition to Jupiter in Aries. And this is also happening as Mars in Mercury's sign of Gemini is pulling into a sextile with Jupiter and Aries. So it's an interesting combination. We're mostly going to take a look at Mercury's opposition to Jupiter But we will be sort of noting the connection that Jupiter has to Mars at the same time Also, take a look at that connection in the overview for the month of September, which we'll be doing as the week goes on So before we get into it today, don't forget to like and subscribe share your comments and click the notification bell for updates It all helps the channel to grow especially when you drop a comment in the comment box sharing your thoughts on the video uh, that helps the algorithm pick up on it. You can always find a transcript of the daily talks on nightlightastrology.com, where we are also running a pre-registration sale right now, up until September 12th on two new classes. The first one, which I'm really excited about, is called Roots and Spheres. I'll take you there, actually, right here. Roots and Spheres is a moon circle that Ashley and I are leading before new and full moons throughout 2023. We'll be working with plant teachers as well as breaking down the astrology of the month. So it's a great way to deepen the mind-body connection to the astrology. This is perfect for people who are already taking in astrology content regularly, but looking for a way to deepen the connection between the astrological transits and your day-to-day lifestyle or spiritual practice, so to speak. So take a look at this. If you have any questions, you can email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Save a few hundred bucks off when you sign up using the early bird payment that ends on September 12th. So be sure to use that. There's also tuition assistance in case you need it. Um, There's a payment plan too. So um, the other class that is, and that class, by the way, begins in January. So you want to register for that soon. Um, And then uh, we have the masterclass series. Masterclass series begins in February of 2023 and is ideal for students who are a little bit more advanced, maybe have a little bit of experience in my classes or in Hellenistic astrology in general. The winter series will feature the phases of the moon. We'll be looking at the moon cycle. In the spring, we'll be looking at the cycles of Venus and Mercury, the summer zodiacal releasing. In the fall, <clears throat> we'll be looking at temperament in the birth chart and what ancient astrologers said about temperament and psychology, which is really fascinating. And it's a fun way to look at your birth chart and try to understand uh, what kind of temperamental category you might have fallen into according to the ancient way of uh, looking at it so that also there's an early bird rate for that program you can find it at the bottom and uh payment plan tuition assistance all that good stuff save a couple hundred bucks off when you use the early bird before september 12th okay so that being said let's pop up the real time clock and take a look at this transit as it's coming through happy monday by the way and uh let's go ahead here you can see Mercury having, there it is, the huge donut. Let's bring it down a little bit. So here you can see Mercury having recently entered uh, the sign of Libra and making an opposition to Jupiter in the sign of Aries, who is retrograde at the moment. What I find interesting about this opposition, which will be um, perfecting, by the way, on... Um, What about September 1st and 2nd? So on the 1st and 2nd, we have two transits. The other one that's happening is Jupiter will also be making a sextile with Mars. Mars and Jupiter will be getting together in a sextile at the same time that Mercury is moving through the opposition to Jupiter. It's a really interesting combination, especially considering that at the exact same time, uh, you're going to have Mercury and Mars getting together in a trine. It's like these three planets are connecting, and you'll see this play out as the week goes on by Thursday and Friday. You should notice it especially strong, but as the week goes on, again, like September 1st into the 2nd is when you'll notice these two transits. So we're going to talk about them today from the standpoint of three lessons and, or excuse me, three themes and three lessons. So... When you have Mercury in Libra opposing Jupiter in Aries, you have an underlying um, air-fire dynamic and an underlying Venus-Mars dynamic. So we're talking about two very different modalities, one that is rooted in will and fire, more much more individualistic, strong, determined, you know, uh, it's it's about molding the world to match the shape of my will. This is my will is going to mold the world to to be what I want it to be, and it's strong, and it's muscular, and it's very masculine and fiery, and it's big and grandiose, and it has uh, maybe a dramatic flair, a little bit of ego, a feeling potentially of ego or bravado behind it it's also pivotal. It's, and these are both pivotal signs, tropical signs. So they they like to start things. They like to initiate things that become like important turning points in in the stories of our lives. Well, um, Mercury in the sign of Libra is diplomatic, is in a Venus ruled sign, is in an air sign. We like to talk and think and carefully weigh and measure and discern and be objective to leave, try to leave bias out and seek fairness. And so when the two of them are opposing one another, it's as if the, the the will of Jupiter in Aries and the careful diplomacy of Mercury in Libra are clashing. They're they're they're. It's like they're presenting two different ways of looking at things, and the temptation is to feel like we have to choose one or the others. So we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that we really don't have to choose just one. I mean, sometimes you might have to, but most of the time we don't. Whenever oppositions come around, there's always a temptation to collapse into one side of the opposition or the other. Really, what we're looking to do is. Hold, become comfortable with holding the tension of the opposites, which is, does not mean balancing them into some perfect math equation. Nothing, if you look, at, if you just walk around on the earth, nothing is really level and perfectly balanced unless you're walking on, you know, the a lot that someone has cleared to build a house on and put a foundation on or something like that. Nature is not really perfectly balanced. There's a lot of unevenness and up and down. It's about learning to live with them, right, and make careful decisions the best you can, in situations that are naturally uneven. So when we think about ancient view of fairness, it's like trying to bring some sense of ideal fairness into situations in life that are never perfectly fair. And that takes some nuance. It takes some thinking. So same thing goes for oppositions. You're not trying to perfectly balance an opposition. It's not like a perfect balance between diplomacy and muscle. And once you find it, boom, everything works. That's not what we're talking about, really. With with this opposition in particular, I think there are some ways that we can learn to hold the tension of the opposites simultaneously. And it's that holding that usually gives us the intelligence by means of which to move through a situation, Uh, knowing how just to, how to adjust the, the, uh, the scales, you could say um, how to um, move forward or use will or even strength or aggression in certain moments and how to pull back and be more diplomatic. It's a, a felt thing that can't be, you can't utilize that sensitivity unless there's you hold that you learn how to hold the tension of those two archetypal poles in the psyche. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But three themes to watch for one is bullies and diplomats. And the two actually can cross over and become one another. How many times in the history of this world has a diplomat who's gone in under the banner of peace actually been some kind of bully? Someone who's gone in with an agenda to dominate or trick, or uh, go back on their word, or someone who has used diplomacy as a way of dominating someone else. It's true, it happens. It happens a lot more, you know, especially in business. Oh, this deal is really good for both of us. Well, it might be really good for you, or it might be really good for me, and I'm presenting it like it's good for both of us, but it's not. So a lot of things can be, like one of the sneaky ways in which this dichotomy of bullies and diplomats can present itself is that who the, the one who appears to be diplomatic can actually be more of the bully than the one who appears to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit more blunt or direct in the way they're talking about things or in the way they're presenting what they want out of a situation. So that's just, I'm not and I'm not saying that that's always the case, just remember that the, this dichotomy, there's always a little speck of yin and the yang and yang and the yin right so the two can switch roles so you know the the theme of bullies and diplomats this week is an interesting one in terms of communication at work in relationships with family with friends you might be needing to express yourself and you might, might need to find a more tactful way of doing so so that you don't become domineering you don't bulldoze someone uh, And that might be the leaning into the mercury in libra on the other hand you could you could find that uh It's really important not to get stepped on or walked on or to give or compromise too much to have strong boundaries and to assert whatever is true to you. And you can do so, hopefully, in a way that is also uh, kind. Number two would be revisiting an old conflict. Look, we have Mercury um, uh, about to turn retrograde. And it went, once it does, it will come back through the opposition with Jupiter, which is interesting. Jupiter is already retrograde. So I feel like this could be something, whatever's coming up, we could be revisiting something from the past or whatever's coming up, we could be revisiting in a little bit from now, say, later on in the month of September. So I would be... I would just remember that whatever you're doing, you might have to redo or reconsider, especially when it comes to negotiating or making the best compromise or coming up with the best strategy or solution for something. And there are different or opposing viewpoints on how something should be done or what the best outcome is or whatever. So revisiting an old conflict now or maybe in the month ahead could be part of what we're starting to see here. And that's due again to the fact that Mercury's about to go retrograde. Mercury is hitting a Jupiter that's also retrograde. And those retrogradations can mean that there's going to be some revisal or delay or something like that. Number three, and I think this is probably the one that most people would think of right away is big, strong, exaggerated ideas, thoughts, or words. So you get that combination where, especially because there's an opposition, things can get a little bit more polarized and people can become a little bit more fanatical or extreme or rigid in the way that they're thinking. Well, I have the best and most peaceful balance. I have the best idea. You know, Mercury and Libras. maybe one downside is remember, this is the domicile of Venus and the exaltation of Saturn. My idea is the most evolved, is the most sophisticated, and you can, you know, it, adhe- you know, kind of like adhere to some thought that you're having with a kind of principled rigidity that um, just sort of reeks of vanity or self-importance or aggrandizement or something like that, like getting getting high on on how lofty something is. So Mercury can get a little bit like that, um, and then you add Jupiter and Aries in, and it can just pump it up on steroids and the the feeling of like a um an inflamed or you know um an inflamed ego that has a sense of you know sophisticated righteousness right it's kind of that thing now you could also just have the the it's hard to be diplomatic because the the words, the thoughts, the ideas are being hit with a, a an extreme, muscular, strong, willful, fiery Jupiter and Aries. And it just It's hard to keep balanced in the way that we're thinking about things or to stay a little bit more objective or careful and so forth. You could also see a split between wanting to, again, compromise with other people, but you're you're finding it hard to do so because their ideas are so extreme. So how do you compromise, you know, with with a mental or intellectual or verbal terrorist, right? It's like, maybe I shouldn't negotiate at all, you know, but... There will there will be some test perhaps of your patience, a test of patience. Can I be patient with someone whose ideas or demands or thoughts or problems are just too big? And they you know it's it's an unreasonable expectation that's being put on me to somehow figure this out. I'd rather just walk away. Um, those could be tests that we're facing this week. Um, you could also see that there's just passion in the air. There's just whether it's ideological or or intellectual just things that you're fired up about a mind on fire impassioned speech big ideas inspired thoughts and communication all of which could be very good and just energizing but maybe because of that opposition they also feel like they're it's, it also feels like it's forcing you to make a choice or like you're at a crossroads of some kind and you're having to make a choice between two things pretty typical for oppositions. All right, well, there's three lessons that I think go along with this. One is that firm and kind work together. Let's call firm, principled, strong Jupiter and Aries. And let's call tactful, diplomatic, careful, considerate, balanced, and yes, kind uh, as Mercury in Libra. It's a, you know, Venus-ruled sign. They can work together. I, you know, my my mom when I was a kid used to say, if you don't, I'm sure your parents probably said this too, or someone's parent out there probably said this, if you don't have something nice to say, then just don't say anything at all. And I would always be like, Well, what is what are you trying to say that we should just repress, you know, things that are honest and difficult to hear? Maybe you just have a hard time hearing the truth, you know, <laughs> you know, like me at 14, you know, just a jerk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My mom's a Scorpio though. So I do, uh, I do, I plead, I plead, there's a case to be made that uh, my mom was just as tough a nut as I was. Anyway, firm and kind do work together. Like there's, there is, there is a way in which we can be both thoughtful and considerate and compromising and flexible and concerned that, that, that we, Consider someone or something else while also landing on a decision that may exclude the needs or demands or ideas of someone or something else. It's, it's, it is, you know, in life, there's a lot of choices we have to make. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but there's a lot of choices we have to make. And it's not, someone's always going to be disappointed with the choice. There's always going to be someone who has something to say. You might just have to live with that. And you can live with it, especially if you know that you have been careful and thoughtful and considerate. In your heart, in your intentions, you know that you're making a choice that not everyone may like, but I'm willing to live with that because I feel I don't feel like I'm out to harm anyone. Even just going through going through a decision with care and concern in your heart. In my mind, that the the I'm gonna get real, real new agey here, but the vibrations that come from the heart when we make that kind of decision, they're different. They do different things, they accomplish different ends. So, firm and kind can work together. Don't forget that this week. Two, take pride in creative compromises more than winning. Jupiter and Aries loves to win. Mercury and Libra often loves to be the most sophisticated and have the the most winning idea, even if it's like, well, aren't you just the most fair-minded, level-headed person? It's still very, very possible that Mercury and Libra seeks... Uh, recognition and validation for how thoughtful it is, right? So there's vanity on one side. There might be domineering attitude on the other. There's shadows in both. The point is that if we, if, when we're faced with dichotomies, either in ourselves or in situations, and we think, is there a creative compromise? Maybe there isn't sometimes, but is there a creative compromise? And if there is, if I'm going to take pride in anything, maybe I should take pride in being flexible and thoughtful and Finding creative solutions or compromises more than being right or in winning. We're not, we're, we're, we're a culture that thinks that our ego is, our, our self-worth is based on winning. And so the opposite, losing, would suggest that you're not worth anything. And I think that we have to start with the idea that you're worth more than can be possibly quantified or spoken of. Because we're all a part of the body of God we're all a part of the the mystery and beauty of the cosmos. We all are part of one thing together that is deep and painful and beautiful all at the same time. It's a profound enigma, right? And if we can start there, then it's like, well, there's just as there's there's no reason that I would have to take more pride in winning uh than in, you know, being creative and compromising. Uh again, not all situations call for compromise, but I notice in myself that when I look for that more than I take the more than I aim to be right or to win, even if it's in a little stupid situation, like who, you know, who left the dog food out and it spilled all over the floor, you know? And it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, why do, why, why do I care more about trying to sort out like which girl did it? And, you know, I I mean, it there's there's so much that it, when it boils down to it's like we're we're so interested in being right or being um good or something like that. And I think a lot of the time if we if we take time to be creative in how we handle situations in general, look for creative solutions or or resolutions that are that that take a little bit of courage, maybe a little bit of risk and a, a careful balancing of different factors that It's like, that's isn't that something? I mean, that's what, for example, the Tao Te Ching tells us that that's what sages do. That's what marks the sage out from other people is the thoughtful way in which they find alignment within every situation. That's very unique. You can't just um, apply some preset of rules or codes to every situation. You can't just tell someone they ought or should act a certain way. You have to find it in the moment. So anyway, third insight is let go of the word deserve. Now, I like, you know, nothing that I have learned from my teachers is is like, I mean, the Tao Te Ching doesn't talk this way. The Gita doesn't talk this way in terms of there being absolute. So does the word deserve exist and have a place? Well, of course, right? But how frequently does the word, any word or concept can, it can take over and infiltrate and become like um, something that blocks us from that moment by moment intelligence. The word deserve is one of them for me. I'm guessing it is for some of you too. Libra, in, as in particular, is very often very concerned and does a very nice job of thinking about what is deserved. Like you deserve this or that. Or, and, you know, how do you weigh and balance and evaluate uh, who gets what, whether it's a good outcome or a difficult outcome, but how much of it or whatever. Um, sometimes it really helps, especially when good things are coming in to say, you know, I didn't, I don't necessarily deserve any of this, right? It's, and by saying that you're just, you're, you're recognizing that there are so many different factors that go into any good fortune we have that are deeply mysterious. You're not saying I'm not worth anything by saying that I may not, I don't, I don't really feel like I deserve this. What we mean by that is saying not like, we don't walk around being like, oh, yeah, all the good things, like I totally deserved them right that doesn't mean you don't deserve anything it just means well i'm very thankful for this and if i if there's any part of it that i deserved great but i don't fully understand it because i can't the universe is deeply mysterious and i can't i can't really understand how i would deserve anything right but the same thing is true when something difficult happens you don't first when something difficult happens you don't sit down and go oh well you know i deserved this you know, because of this bad thing I did, you know, I think it's more about acceptance. It's more like when something difficult happens, you let go of the word deserve in that case too. And you say, oh, I, I, I'm kind of thankful. It could have been worse. What do I know? And how do I know exactly what this happened? I'll take it as an opportunity to be reflective. Maybe I had something to contribute to this bad fortune or whatever it is, you know, like maybe there's some, uh, something I did, I could get better at, but I don't know. And I'm going to stay humble. And um, I'm going to imagine that it actually, it, maybe it even could have been worse, right? That that attitude is fundamentally, it's like if you get out of the consciousness of deserving good things or I deserve bad things and you kind of let go and let some of it be a mystery, I find that often enough, you are able to make decisions that are much more nuanced and rooted in the subjective personal, soulful connection to things and people and situations, because specifically because you're not looking at life like it's a, like a, you know, a, a numerical value system that's always being weighed back and forth. Anyway, just a few thoughts for today. I hope they are useful for you. I hope you guys have a great week ahead. Uh, we will have uh, the astrology of uh, September to look forward to this week and some other good stuff. So uh, don't forget to leave your Comments in the comment section, like, and subscribe. If you have a story to share this week about this, I would love to hear it. Use the hashtag grabbed, grabbed by the planets. When they show up, the grahas, they grab, they seize us. You know, we can laugh at it. We can get gain insights from it. Um, and, you know, again, to me, that goes back to the thing about deserve and the, the planets show up, share a story, reflect on it, learn something, get out of the, what did I do to deserve this? Or, oh, I did. I got something good. I so deserved it. If you get out of that consciousness, so you start moving into the real magic of creation, which is relationship. So anyway, I'd love to hear your stories. Share them using the hashtag grabbed. If you don't want to share them in the comment section, prefer it, be more anonymous than that. You can email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. All right. That's what I've got for today. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.